Fearless Narrative is the podcast where we spotlight amazing female entrepreneurs and artists who are changing the world today. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to Fearless Narratives. I am your host, Cortland Jones. And I'm your host, Kia Miner. And today we're talking to my favorite guest who happens <laughs> to be my other co-host, Miss Cortland Jones. She is an award-winning creative <laughs> entrepreneur and founder of the Design Database. And she works to empower creatives by building a support system and community for female artists to and designers to help them build their dream careers. Yes, boom. <laughs> That's like so wonderful, <laughs> and I had to make sure that I put that intro in because it only kind of encapsulates how awesome you are, but it does a pretty good job. So I, you know, I'll I'll let that rock. And, but the greatest part about this whole episode is that you get to talk about how great you are, and I get to ask you questions. So, yes. are you ready? I am ready. And this is actually our finale of our first season, too. So, it's a cool way to end it. <laughs> yes. Saving the best for last, as they Ew, say. Some. <laughs> so, I would like to start off with your inspiration for this podcast. Because most people, if they've been following this season, they know that we created it together, but like, this is your brainchild. You know, you had this idea and I was just lucky, lucky enough <laughs> to be in the right place at the right time and, you know, have a loud mouth that <laughs> I got to be <laughs> your co-host. But really, you know, I, I, I would love for you to share like how this came about and give me all the, give me all the goods. Okay. So when I launched the design database, I had this idea in my head, this vision that I wanted to include tools for these creatives to help them learn how to do really great in their freelance journeys. And my thought was originally to have partners up with other companies who had the same goal as I did to help creatives and those who already had their own podcasts or courses or blogs or whatever, I was going to use them and, and have them help me build mine by using like affiliate marketing, you know, to help them and help me. But then it wasn't until last fall um, that I got inspired by actually talking to you, Kia, because um, you, you and I talked a lot as like as friends and our energy was so fun that I felt like it could be a podcast. So I thought that maybe it'll be better if I made my own podcast to help these creatives and use my voice and my stories and also help other creatives to be on the show to share their stories and share their passion and inspire others that way. That way it was coming more from, that way it was more of my thing and it wasn't me having to always go to find other tools outside of me. That way I could just create my own content, share whatever I could offer to these artists from my experience in the field for 12 years and have you on there to do, to share your wisdom in other areas that I can't touch on, but also have all these guests on to share, you know, so much more. So that way it was going to be a diverse show that was going to be part of what I'm doing to help others. I love it. <laughs> and like, you know, it speaks so much to how 
you see the world and 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 what you want to do while you're in it because everything that you said although it was about wanting to do it the way you wanted to do it it's still about servicing and helping others which is something that everybody claims to want to do right like not everybody everybody talks about it but not everybody wants to be about it so it's just mm -hmm. so cool that everything that you're continuing to do always falls back to that like how can I that how can the people that I come into contact with benefit from what I know and what I've already done thank so, like, you you're just gold oh, I, I always say that my two passions are it's helping others and to create art and the podcast was is obviously a part of my journey that scares me because I already talked about this on the show all the time about my stuttering and how I had the um the fear of speaking but I felt that this was important to share my voice because I think that it'll be a good way to inspire others to know that they're not alone and that those who also stutter too can hopefully know we can all do podcasts or speak or do things and then that way I can set an example for anyone who needs it. Yeah, and, and you led perfectly into what I wanted to ask next, which is all of the things that you're mentioning take a serious amount of strength and a serious amount of courage, right? So talk to me about where you draw this from. Where do you draw this strength from? Where do you draw this courage from? Because whether you, you know, I, I know sometimes you, you, you are very hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think in a in a way is necessary, right? It it, it definitely has a, a, a its benefits, but owning the fact that everything that you're doing takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage, right? Like not everybody can do what you're doing and or they might again think about it, talk about it, but never really put into action. So like give me the secrets, girl. Give give us the secrets. We all need to know. <laughs> Well, what you don't know is that before every show, I have an anxiety attack. And after every show, I cry. So the strength that I am, I guess, showing you or showing anyone is very, not fake, but it's it's not, I guess, you don't see the the how much I, I do behind the scenes, you know? So it takes a lot for me to channel and to even do the podcast. I think my strength just comes from my passion to help others and knowing that it's bigger than me. So I just feel like because this is a part of what I'm meant to be doing and I know that I was chosen in a way to, to do it for some reason that's I will never understand. Um, I think knowing that I have the opportunity to create something really cool that could change lives or change the world in some small way that's really, I think, what has me pushing through and facing my fears every time I do this show. So I will say, um, <clears throat> I love that answer, but I want to uh, highlight something. First of all, you're right. I had no idea that that <laughs> was happening before and after. Um, but to me, that even more intensifies and, and affirms that it is strength that you're utilizing and, and you know, that you're drawing from within because that's courageous to even admit, <laughs> you know, like nobody, people don't like to act like they're not perfect and act like they're not built for tough and steel, you know, like the fact that you are so comfortable with being vulnerable, like that's, that is, <laughs> 
you know, and, and, and not just in this episode, but I think about, you know, all season long, you know, when somebody is talking about something personal, one of our guests is talking about something personal, you have no qualms about like being really real. So I'm not going to allow you to, to call it fake because it's not fake. It's even, it's, it's the realest it could be, which is, <laughs> I think why not I think I know why we vibed immediately because it's like <laughs> we're just here right yeah. we call each other on each other's shit like uh no if this was this was me you wouldn't let me it's like all right fuck you but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> um okay so now I want to get into the uh the the ghosts not ghosts I was trying to think of something funny to say, but (laughs) Um, (laughs) keep trying. Cortland, mini Cortland, mini Cortland, Cortland in in the in the yesteryears. Um, (laughs) No, no, it's still not good. (laughs) You're fired here. (laughs) I'm fired. I'm fired. I'm fired. Oh my goodness. Um, I the one one of the things that you know we both talk about and have talked about and bonded through is the fact that we both lost a parent um and I love being able to hear stories and you know I always share about my mom and you share about your dad so I would love to hear a couple whatever you know favorite stories or favorite memories you had growing up with with your dad because he he sounds like such a such a cool dude Yes, my dad. Uh, okay, so as I think I said before, I am one of four girls. I'm the baby. And so it was always my mom and my dad were like best friends. And the four girls, it was always like two and two. You know, the um, the two, two ones that were the youngest were best friends. And then the two older ones were best friends or, you know, close enough to best friends. Like those two actually didn't really get along that well. But <laughs> me and me and the, the one above me were, were still best friends. Um, so I didn't. I didn't spend as much time with my dad as everyone else did because obviously I'm youngest so I unfortunately didn't have much time with him because he died when I was 10 mm-hmm. um but the times that I did have with him that were so special to me oh and just it's amazing so my dad was a he played basketball all throughout I want to say probably all the way through college and then he was a coach for FIT, which is where I had gone to school for college because I wanted to follow in his, his footsteps, mm-hmm. even though the team wasn't there anymore, but I still, you know, had art for that. So it was still, his, his, I know it was still part of him. So that was why I wanted to go to that school. Um, and I think the best times that I had with him were probably in like second or third grade because I was the student that won like every kids hated me I won like every contest I was like the president of every I, I you know I was just like, like I was a nerdy little kid like I was I was loved and also hate you know I had a lot of friends but they all probably hated me secretly um so one time I actually won like concert tickets to I think the Philharmonic or something and I I chose to go with my dad mm-hmm. and we watched the concert which was so much fun it was kind of boring, but I'm a little kid. So to me, it was like, you know, amazing. And now, <laughs> now I think it's boring, but at the time it was great. And he, he carried me on his, his shoulder. Cause he is like six, six, three. He was six, six, three. And I, I was like, you know, like what, three feet, I don't know, four oh, feet. I'm a, tiny, I'm a tiny little, I was a tiny little, little thing. <laughs> so I was probably the, 
the smallest kid in my class for like years. Mm. Um, so, so he had me on his shoulders and obviously like him being six, three, I was like flying. It was just like the tallest high I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so amazing up there. And we had gone to get food afterwards and we went to, um, I got, I got a happy meal with him. So fun. I love happy meals. Um, and we, we had like just walked around the city for a while and it was just the best time just to have me and him time. Well, aside from that time, my older sisters were in chorus at school. So they had the chorus shows every quarter or something. And he would come to watch, watch with us. And after every show, every time me and him had to pee at the exact same time, we were just peeing together. Well, we, peeing together. <laughs> we ran to the store together and we had that like that same thing in common. It was just, it's our weird so little- cute. Weird little moments, but I <laughs> I love them. That's adorable. That's adorable. And the it's funny you mentioned the Happy Meal because I I remember growing up and like wanting to get a Happy Meal so bad. But we're I you know we also talk about how we're both the babies of big families. I'm the youngest of six, so like back then, and we didn't have much money. So even right. the Happy Meal was like you get Rare. the Happy Meal, you, you split it. <laughs> Yeah, sibling, and why get this happy meal when I can get three things off the dollar menu for the same price? So, like, I remember very vividly the few times that I got a happy meal, and the happy meal was just mine. Yeah, like it was just. Uh, I mean, now no offense, McDonald's, but like, I'm good on y'all. But uh, <laughs> back then, <laughs> going to the play place. Ew, no, because okay, the ball pit was full of saliva and pee and oh, yeah, but did dirty... you know that then? Yeah, I was oh, a smart no, little kid. Okay, I was, I was like, like swan no. diving in that thing. Uh, <laughs> I went in there one time. I could smell the diapers. I could feel the saliva on the. I was like, no, I'm done. I'm not doing this ever again. Ew. I never had an experience like that. All no my play pit. places at least looked clean enough for me to not worry about it. Good for you. No, not not in not in New York City. At least not where I was in New York City. No. Queens was all right. Queens was all right. Brooklyn was not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember any bad experiences. Now Chuck E. Cheese, on the other hand, I've never been there. Was suspect. You never been? No, I tried to go for my 18th birthday actually, and I was I couldn't because my friends forgot their ID card. Apparently, it's like important to have your ID card. I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. So no. Because, you know, people be stealing babies and stuff, so. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but now, I actually took my son there the other day. They changed the whole thing. I guess maybe because of COVID, they couldn't have all this mm. and all the same stuff. But, mm. like, I remember it having, it, like, both elements of the, you know, like, play places. There was, like, some sort of climbing apparatus. There was always a ball, but there was all these, like, interactive things that you can do. But now it's just, like, a kid version of, like, a Dave and Buster's. That's still fun, no? I mean, yes, but not for an almost two-year-old. He can't do much. No. So I was mm -hmm. thinking I was going to be able to toss him in things and all this stuff. I mean, he was he doesn't care, right? He was just running around looking at lights. <laughs> for me, <laughs> it's like... For you, it's boring. Toss you into something. <laughs> uh, okay, next question. Since you did mention um, growing up with your sisters... And three girls. I mean, I only grew up with one sister in my house, and it was just nuclear sometimes, like without 
and that's no exaggeration. I know you know what I'm talking about. So I can mm-hmm. only imagine doubling that. Like, oh my God. I, I, I actually used to call my mom when I got older just to apologize. Why? For what we put her through. Oh, okay. I would just be like, yo, I'm sorry. She's like, sorry for what? I was like, I just thinking about how hard it must have been for you to deal with the two of us. But um, with that being said, I want to know some of the some of the the good stuff. Good stuff meaning like you know, what well, if you have any happy memories of the four of you guys? But also like, what's like like a OMG moment with the four of them too? Because I know they both exist for sure. Growing up, uh, well, we all shared one room. That's already a bad start. So there was four of us in one room because we, mm-hmm. you know, we only had a small apartment, so we had our bunk beds bunk beds up there you know and I was on the bottom bunk like a loser but whatever um so like I never had any physical or many physical fights with any of them they fought each other like the two oldest ones no like they hated each other it was bad and it wasn't it got worse after our dad passed away and then they were I thought it was gonna have all be closer and I was like oh great no at least that's like some part that's okay you know because it'll It'll be all closer or bond. No, it was worse. And mm. they were just fighting and it was just like disaster. And I would have anxiety. So my anxiety comes from all of that fighting for years. Mm. That's why I was like desperately trying to move out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was not fun for years. But I think the happy memories were we used to play games all the time as a foursome in our room, especially when it was hot outside or, or raining outside. And we all just like, on the floor in our room near the window to have the the light come in and play cards or play with our dolls or play with our teddy bears and we like made up games that were just like dorky but it was fun um but with those games they were always you know kind of mean to me too because I'm the baby and they were you know so it was always fun um (laughs) I'm trying to think of a good story but I have a lot of like not good stories uh <laughs> yeah um four four girls in one room I gotta tell you that's not a not easy yeah four girls is a lot that's all I can say because th- this story the stories I'm gonna I want to say are not so I can share so let's move on let's move on from this question <laughs> those are redacted files we can't share that we can't share that yeah no I get it there are plenty of things that went on in our house oh my god I'll say one of the one of the things I remember ended up with my mom's laptop being smashed Mm. yeah and surprisingly we all you know lived to to see the the next day I'm still here (laughs) I really was really worried that my life was gonna end when she came home (laughs) I was the only daughter that never got spanked out of all of the four because they were bad and I knew that not, I knew what not to do after watching all of them get spanked. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to be one. But also, I was also the baby. So I feel like, like that was also why. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like they were, they were just bad kids. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I agree. I agree, honestly. Like, well, you know, if my, my sister's listening to this episode, she's going to be like, there she goes again. Because <laughs> they used to always talk about how Haley's the mean one and I'm the nice one. And she's like, she has the same thoughts that I do. She's thinking the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, but you say it out loud. <laughs> and do them. Yeah, act on them. <laughs> That's the <laughs> like, difference. 
That's the difference. So, like, yeah, people think that you're the mean one, not the nice one, because I keep my mouth shut. Like, they don't, they can't read my mind. They don't know what's going on in my head. So uh, we laugh about that all the time because she's like, and then so when my mom moved, uh, or no, when she she went to boarding school, so I, then I was the only one in the house um, for high school. I remember so vividly, like the first maybe three months, she was like, her favorite phrase was, "Oh, so your sister's gone, so now you're just gonna act like your sister." And my sister Haley was like, "I told you she's been like this the whole time." <laughs> so it was hilarious. It all comes out. The truth it comes out. No, I didn't have my shield anymore. <laughs> um. So I want to move to timeline from wherever you'd like to start to where you are now. But you know, we, you you wear so many hats. You've done so many things. You've had so many experiences for better and for worse that I know you've, you know, drawn from and learned from. Tell me, you know, how how you move through life to become the award-winning <laughs> entrepreneur that you are now. I started my, like, art career probably when I was, like, two years old. I was always drawing. I mean, every kid draws any other kids. So I knew that I had talent I think I already had this talked about before but I knew I had talent when my dad told me that I was talented and then I actually had a gift to draw and he helped me to hone that gift and to use it to get into the art, art programs at school and I was so excited to to start school and have him you know help me through the art program in middle school but he died a few days before I graduated from fifth grade so that mm. was hard um so I wanted to make sure that I still stayed with art because to honor him in a way you know yeah so he uh so I I used a lot of uh what he taught me in my learning at school and then that had me go into the art program in high school too and then college I chose to do designing instead of fine arts because I was always doing painting and drawing and like really like into the fine arts field but I was told that there isn't any money in fine arts, which is true, but also not not as true as I thought it was. So I could actually make money from it now, but I chose to do designing for marketing design. I loved it in 10th grade. Like that is what I was drawn to. So I, it made it, it made it obvious for me to make it my major for college. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for high school, for college, I couldn't do the full four years because we ran out of money for me to do the next period. Also, because me and me and um, there were two of us in school at the same time for college. Mm-hmm. So she was already a year ahead of me. So only had a year left. So for me, it was two years. So, you know, unfortunately, I didn't finish finish my, my bachelor's degree. But mm-hmm. so that actually had me feeling less confident in my skills forever. Even today, I'm still not confident in my design skills fully because I always felt like I, I had I needed the degree. Even though I said I don't need the degree, I, in my head I just felt like I did. Like to me, it was just it meant more to have that that bachelor's degree. Um, so that so instead of me like choosing a different job, I chose to do internships anywhere I could to learn as as much as I could in in the design space. And having that real experience helped me feel more confident in my um, my talent and. With that, I had like four jobs at a time. Like I was doing so many internships and and design jobs and 
anything I could do to to get the experience I needed. And it wasn't until I got my like full-time job that wasn't in design, but it was in production that I I almost wanted to just stop designing because I, it felt like it wasn't meant for me in the cards. And then because I couldn't get a job, I like got a, a full-time job in, in the field. I was only doing internships or, or freelance projects for years. And I was at my job for production for like six years before I begged them to have me be a, a designer there because I was like, I have been in school for a design. I want to be a designer. Either I'm going to leave this job or I'm going to need you guys to have me do design work. Mm. And they did because they loved me and wanted me to stay because I was the best employee <clears> there. <throat> but also because, you know, they paid me like terribly and I still stayed. So they were like, we can't lose this employee. She's great and cheap, you know, so mostly cheap. So um, mostly anyway. great. Yeah, sure. So I was made designer finally. And I was there for probably designer for about three years before I quit to get my, my first full-time job as a, as, a, as a designer for real. And I was so proud of that. I was like, I finally made, made it as a designer for the first time, a full-time designer. And then COVID came and I had to, I was let go after only a year, but I hated that job because the company was, um, I don't know, the, it was just wasn't a good match for me. Uh, so after that, I got my, I was doing more client, more um, job as a, a freelancer on the side to, you know, stay employed. And then I got my dream job, as I already mentioned that, that was terrible. I was only there for about five months, sorry before I quit because they were toxic and then that helped me to to build my own company to help creatives and I kind of realized that I wasn't meant to be a designer after all because it took so long for me to do it and when I finally had that had the opportunities it never worked out so it didn't feel like it was my path like it just wasn't meant for me in in the end and I think the thing that I had all these skills for production design and marketing to help me now to build my own company, to do all these things, to help others in the creative field. So it just felt, felt like my whole journey, like all of my like obstacles kind of led me to learn the skills that I needed to be an entrepreneur down the line, which is what I'm doing now. Yeah, and and it, yeah, that's what you're doing now. One. <laughs> also, it, it's, it's nice to be in a position to really accept and acknowledge that everything that you've been through allowed you to arrive at this particular instance, right? I think it's definitely a mindset and and a positive one, but I but I I think it's almost a minority in some ways. Um, you know, I talked <clears throat> with somebody the other day about like surface level stuff, right? Like people will say, oh yeah you know, the, the, the cliche phrases like God won't give me anything you can't handle or, you know, pain, uh, progress is pain, you know, you name it, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's all surface. I don't think people really truly believe that all of the stuff, like you can literally look down your line and say like, I went through this and now I do this. I went through that and now I do that. Right. Like that is such an awesome connection to be made and like an intentional connection to be made. And I think we all could benefit from doing some of that work because who knows what you would have been limiting yourself from receiving, accepting, knowing had you not 
allowed yourself to see all of the shit that you went through and now you know taking all that shit putting it in the ground and growing all of these amazing new tools and flowers and great stuff um that was yeah. kind of cool there like <laughs> because of my job for nine years working in production design and marketing I learned so many things that I, I use now for my company's growth and I wouldn't have had that if I didn't you know do this job instead of like trying to force myself into a design job full-time like I I I allowed myself to be okay where where I was at the time working at this company and I I had gone from intern to um manager to production to coordinator to I, I I had done so many different roles so I learned a like a shit ton and if I had just like quit when I wanted to like before the nine years <laughs> um I wouldn't have had you know as much knowledge or as many friends and connections so mm -hmm. it it all happened for a reason it, it wasn't easy to see at the time but now I see it more clearly than like yeah it was it was always meant to be a bigger job for me in the future it wasn't meant for me to be a designer full-time it was I was meant to be a designer for myself for, for my company but I was meant to build something much bigger and do a lot more okay so Tell me about your company, the design database, aside from its amazing CEO. <laughs> the design database, it is an online job platform and community platform for female and non-binary creatives, meaning designers, illustrators, models, influencers, writers, you name it, we have them. The goal is to be a support for creatives to feel empowered, to make new connections, inspiration, mentorship, all that good stuff, but also be a job pl platform for artists to find higher quality clients that actually value their talent. I had the need to build this after my experience in corporate being not that great and realizing that I wasn't alone in these experiences. So having this platform now helps me help others and also I'm building a really awesome community and we recently have our site relaunch as of April of 2023. So we are two months live and up and I'm so excited because it's so beautiful. And I, I built it myself after having the worst experience, having my first platform version be crap, to be quite frank. And now to have this better version that I did myself, which is more gorgeous than ever. I'm proud of that. I, I had to learn how to code to do it and going through a whole like year and a half of trying to find investors, trying to kind of go around to, to pitching and finding the right team to help me. And it, it only clicked me that I could just do it myself because I have the skills. I have the vision in my head that I can't explain to really anyone else. So for me to do it myself made the most sense. And I saved a hundred thousand dollars doing that. So I'm so proud of that and it it's fully functioning it's alive and I'm just bursting with how many amazing artists are on the site now and amazing creatives that I have talked to and hopefully and am inspiring and we're having our first event coming up in person to to celebrate the two-year anniversary that will be happening in July on July 26th so I'm I'm really bursting with pride of everything I've accomplished so far. 
Yay. We can't wait. We're so excited. The vision. <laughs> okay, so I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about something that you mentioned in a, a uh, maybe one or two episodes uh, previously, but you are an author writing a book. Yeah, you are. I wouldn't say author, I would say writer. I haven't been published yet, <laughs> but yeah, okay. Writer, author to be continued, to be determined. How's that? <laughs> Deal. Anyway, my question is Sorry. two things you can answer in any way. The first thing is, where did or why did you feel, how did you feel the pull to start writing the book? And how, how has it been? I will answer the part two of your question first. It has been quite painful, mm. but also a good healing process. Like it's been hard to have to go back through all the things in my, in my life that I tried to forget about and to dig but it's been like really easy to write about it because it flows out of me so so easily and because of that like I think I told you like I finished the first like 10 chapters in like what a few days yeah just it was flowing out of me and it was like it was just like meant to be written down because it just was super easy to start and I'm already like almost done um with the first draft you know but uh okay so what what pulled me to do it was I think it all kind of goes it's about my stutter so like not not the book but like I think that I kind of wanted to just go back into my life and see what or why I am the way that I am mm. and I spent my whole life doing uh drawing but also writing in journals so it kind of felt like I was always writing my own book for years. Mm. I just didn't have it all put together in one place. So when you actually read read the book or my story, like it's the way that it's written, it's it's my life, but it's more of a love story. Um, which it kind of outlines self love, which is a thing that I'm always working on and. I thought I had it a few years ago and now I'm questioning it all. But um, it's also about like someone or some people who have made me hate myself throughout mm -hmm. my whole life for most of my life and how I overcame those feelings. But then how I kind of like spiraled to it all over again with a new person or a new thing and so basically it's kind of just like me constantly trying to find it again and and just not finding it for so many years. And every time I thought that I had it, I just kept getting crushed and crushed and crushed. And my whole story, my whole life is, has been a love story in like different ways. But there's also been a person in my life who taught me how to love myself without even realizing it. Like he saved my life more than one time and he doesn't even know he did that. Mm. So the story talks about him too. And talks about my journey with him and how he triggered me into my like awakening my love story for myself and how I am learning what love actually is for me and for others and I think that 
my stutter has also made it hard for me to love myself, which is why I said it kind of all connects because in, in the book, it talks about how my stuttering has also caused me to hate myself and then me trying to find a way to embrace that and love that, even though today I'm still having a hard time with it, as you can tell, but it's nice to have it all out in writing so I can read it and read it from a, a new viewpoint and like read it as if as if it's not my story you know like read it as if it's like a story from for like you or someone else so that way I can like <clears throat> find more kindness because I'm kinder to like you than I am to myself you know like I am I'm harder I'm yeah I'm much harder on myself than anyone else in the world so to like be able to go back and read it and know that I actually felt this way about myself for years and I just feel like so bad for how much I put I put myself through and how much I have let others put me through it's a lot it's a lot of trauma to like take in and to dump out hopefully inspiring to somebody and know that I am still alive and standing today after all that I've been through is really empowering to read that back and to know that I am so strong and I have lived so many different lives and I'm only 30 right now and man life is life is crazy (laughs) so this is even new insight for me as far as the book is concerned because we've talked about you writing the book and I've gotten tidbits here and there but it was so nice and and cool to hear more about it because it sounds beautiful like beautiful the different connections and I mean the 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 path of self-love is ever evolving right like you and you embodied that in talking about your book but talking about yourself too right like you thought you had it. I feel like it's like a constant, you know, like this. It's an, it's infinite, but it, depending on where you are, you could be up on the curve, you could be down on the curve and um, learning how to love yourself through that is important, which, you know, I think is something we're both working on and, and learning how to do and, you know, supporting each other through. But that just, I'm like, I hope all y'all appreciated that uh, uh, little snippet because that was just, I... It got me so excited. I was already excited, but now I'm even more excited. So, you know, I, I'm going to be the first purchase. I'll tell your family, okay? Let them know. They're going to have to get over it. I'm scared to have, to have them read it. Hopefully they, they won't read it, but we'll see. Well, we'll see how that goes. It's not about them. It's about me, but, you know, still. <laughs> There's parts I, I in there that family, Family is you know. complicated. Just like you said, life is wild. Family is complicated. So mm-hmm. no matter who it's about, it still presents a big question mark. So I totally, totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I want to get into uh, your the depths, the well of the wisdom that you have. First thing, <laughs> don't make that face. It's true. <laughs> we talk with you and I about, and you also, you know, kind of hit the, hit on this when um, we were talking in my episode, but, you know, we talk about, our little selves and and um, talking to our younger selves and the things that we do to be nicer to ourselves, right? So in that vein, if little Cortland was sitting right next to me, little Cortland, what are the three things that you'd want to tell her right now? First, I would say that I am so sorry for all that I've put her through and for treating her the way that I did and how I like I'm gonna cry. I hate you. Sorry, um, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I would say that I'm sorry for everything that I put her through, and 
for all of the people that I let into her life that she that didn't deserve her mm. because they broke her and she didn't deserve she didn't deserve that so um second I'm gonna cry I hate you um second is that I hope she knows that I am still keeping her safe because she's still with me and she's still my best friend and uh I will always have her with me because I need her to stay sane and to stay happy and to keep my, my joy. Um, and three, I don't know if I have a third one. Um, I mean, those are really good. So, <laughs> um, Three, I want her to know that I still have the teddy bear that I've had since I was born with me and we are still best friends and oh. i still have her in my bed with me every night because that's my best friend that's my home girl um and when i die i will have her buried with me in my coffin <laughs> the end not kidding i'm gonna have my home girl with me in my coffin what's her day. name what's her name nuffy <laughs> nuffy oh that's so cute <laughs> she's so old but she's still my girl you know my oh my god that is adorable every time I cry I have her with me because I'm like I need my my little my little buddy with me through all the hardship that's so cute I couldn't keep anything for that long if I tried I just I just suck in that way like if my head wasn't screwed on I'd lose it honestly so (laughs) I'm not even joking I'm not even joking like it makes no sense. I one time left my wallet on the ground because I was sitting on a curb eating ice cream and I, my wallet was in my back pocket and it was like hurting my butt. So I took it out and put it next to me. And once I was finished with my ice cream, I got up, threw it away and walked home. That's pretty common, actually. Like I lost my phone a lot because I would put it in my boot and forget about it. And then I would have friends call me and I would be like, where's my phone? And then it would be like in my boot vibrating. I'm like, oh shit, it's in my boot. Like yeah, but that's a little better. At least it's in your shoe. Yeah, I, I don't lose it. On the ground. Yeah, but that happens a lot, actually. So it's not like you're alone in that okay. stupidity. <laughs> that makes me feel better because I was like, I think I am the worst ever. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not great now. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not getting any better. I just, it is what it is. I mean, I try to be more mindful, but my husband, um, that's that's his job. He goes, I feel like I'm just following after you, making sure I'm picking up your shit. And I'm like, yeah, well. That's what you're here for, honey. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you want to keep helping me renew my credit cards and <laughs> get a new phone? I mean, you'd be in the process either way. For better or for worse, honey. You know, that's how it is. For better or for yep. worse. Welcome to marriage. <laughs> um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is just in general or specific however way you want to go with it in terms of this episode not just the podcast because we know you know your your vision for this podcast but in talking about you and and having our listeners and viewers learn more about you what are the things that you hope that they take away from your episode um I hope they appreciate how much I'm putting into this <laughs> for them and for myself. 
because it's not easy for me. Um, and I hope that they feel more connected with me and my passion, my vision, and know that what I'm doing is bigger than they even think or I even think. Um, and it's not just about, you know, a podcast or making money or a job platform. It's about me building something that will help so many humans around the world, so many artists around the world. And knowing that with all the crap that I've gone through to get here and it's still not where I want to be yet, that I haven't stopped um, ever and I haven't quit yet, even though I I have moments when I really want to because it's scary and I'm tired and I'm burnt out. Um, and I hope that they, if anyone relates to my stuttering or my, I haven't stuttered much on this, on this, this episode, I just did. I just want to say that like, I, I talk about my stutter a lot because when I talk about it, I stutter less. So I always find it easier for me to announce it that way it helps me to own it. And then that I feel more calm when I'm speaking. So mm -hmm. I know it, it can be annoying when I'm saying it a lot in every episode, but it's really just because I'm trying to like push through my words and make sure that I'm being as fluent as possible to give you all a clear, you know, audio for the show. And that's really all I can say. <laughs> I like that. And I especially like the fact that you talked about you know, the reality of creating this, right? Because, I mean, I know how hard you've been working when we've been working together, but like mainly you, because I can't do half the stuff you can do. I'm just there <laughs> to, be, to, to support in any way that I can. But like, I'm just so, you know, I, I'm so happy, excited, grateful to be doing this with you. Uh, because even though it's it ain't easy, girl, you make it look effortless, okay? <laughs> and everybody's gonna has as at this point has already agreed because at our season finale, they've seen all the content we're giving, all of the excellence, and they have you and me, but you first. Stop. <laughs> thank. They have us. Yes. 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 So to wrap up our show. We talked about the, do you want to give some um, advice or you want to let that be your advice question? No, I just want to say that, um, don't ever think that you can't do what you want to do. It's not always easy, but there are things that are so much bigger than you. And if you're called to do something, you should do it because if you have this, this dream in your in your brain or this or your vision in your your mind that you keep having over and over again, it's a sign telling you to do it. Mm -hmm. I had that sign for the podcast, and I was like, no, I don't want to speak. And it hasn't been always fun that time because I have all this anxiety when I do it. But I know that what I'm doing is going to help somebody, and even if, if even if it doesn't, it's helping me. So that's already somebody there. So if you have this like same passion in mind or same idea in your brain to do anything new and you're terrified, but it's meant to be for you, then I would say take that leap because it's going to be worth it in the end. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes. And on that note, I think we are ending the show here. <laughs> yeah. 
how can our how can our viewers find you and listeners find you because you'll want they want to find you i want to find you girl i'm everywhere so it's already already going to be on the spotify bio it's on my instagram which is courtland.jones and my my website is the design database.net uh and yeah so we are actually done with the podcast until august so for our next season it'll be back august 23rd Mm -hmm. i believe and if that changes we will let you know and yeah it's been don't miss us too much it's been a fun season though and it's been amazing with kia to have this show thank you everybody and that's a wrap baby (laughs) fearless narrative returns on august 23rd have a great summer and we will see you all then